Welcome to Nuclear Popcorn. The rules of the game are simple. The host will show the players the last five minutes of a movie they haven't seen. The players will have a week to formulate a pitch of what they think the plot is. The closest gets meaningless points, maybe a crisp high five, probably a smooch on the forehead because they're a good boy or girl. The host will then reveal what the actual plot was. And that's it. You'll get it. You're smart. And your host for the week is... Hi, I am Hannah, and I am the woman. I am the only woman on these premises. Uh, <laughs> I, uh... Boys, would you like to say hello? After a great start. It's August, a great start. August is dying. I'm dying to me. <laughs> Alright. Hi. Uh, ben, I'm, you go with yeah, Ben. Say uh, hi. I'll go hi. Over. I'm Ben. Um, I'm also here. And I am a man. Share another fun fact, won't you? Sure. Um, I'm an aspiring filmmaker in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm excited to be here. Excited to get started. You're going to get doxxed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only, only I am in Nashville. <laughs> you don't know where the other guys are. <laughs> I guess I can go next. Uh, what's up? I'm Luke. Uh, I'm the only one in this group that did not study film of some sort in college, so I feel a little bit out of the loop, but it's okay. Um, also, aspiring, what I, I don't know what I want in life, but I'm here in Nashville too. Just oh, it's vibing. Okay. Okay. Ooh, it's okay. Thanks. I just, you know, I'm looking for reassurance. That's all I need. Heck yeah. August? Heck yeah. Um, hi, I'm August. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's me. That's it. Let's go on to the next person. Man with the blue hair. Oh, yeah. I dyed my hair blue. It's not fun. Yeah. He did, he did the thing. Okay. You guys ready to introduce the movie? Um, yeah. Okay. First one. Our film for this week is called Thief and the Cobbler. So last hey. week we watched the last five minutes of this movie. The Thief um, and the Cobbler. The Thief and the Cobbler. I thought it was the Cobbler and the Thief all week. <laughs> Which goes to show we only watched it once, and we weren't allowed to talk about it. Them's the rules, kids. And then, uh, since then, me, Ben, and Luke have all formulated a pitch of what we think the movie is. And now we're... Honestly, yeah, we're gonna pitch it. Yep. To me. To, to Hannah, who has actually seen the be movie. Be scared, be very scared. And then it's going to all wrap up with her telling us what the actual movie is and then mm -hmm. doling out meaningless points. Yeah. yeah I want those meaningless right. points. Meaningless points. Meaningless points. Okay, um, all right. Yeah. You guys get to describe the last five minutes to our audience. We'll um, also have the link for the last five minutes in the description. Right. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I think everybody should see this, and it is free on YouTube. <laughs> at the very least, <laughs> at the, the very least, the last five minutes. minutes <laughs> no, honestly, man, no. it was a trip. We were the fact that we couldn't like speak through it. We just had to watch it in uh, silence. What is going like, on? Like because we just watched it right before we started recording too. Refresh our memories, yeah, and also we maybe flesh out our pitches. Yeah, I really don't know what was going on. Okay, where do we start? Um. Oh, everyone should go watch the last five minutes. And then hear us describe it. Yeah. So, but we're still going to describe it for those yeah. who don't want to watch it. So the thief um, is collecting orbs. I think he's There's played these... by Jeff Goldblum. I, I also he's not played by, by, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> by Jeff Goldblum. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> it's it's either a dude, it's either Jeff Goldblum or a guy doing a really weird Jeff Goldblum. Uh, there you go. I'll just take this in here. Oh, like that was good. Guy. I can see my house oh, from here. Oh. Oh. 
Goldblooming the entire time. It's like it feels like they animated the whole movie and then put Jeff Goldblum in a sound studio and had him just go make up your own lines. That's probably exactly what happened. His mouth was not saying the words he was saying. So many voiceovers (laughs) in this bit. It's the the thief is this guy in a cloak who's gathering these three golden balls. while getting pushed and shoved around a Rube Goldberg machine. It's like a roller coaster. It's Yeah, it's like a huge wooden roller coaster Rube Goldberg machine. While at the same time, there's a dude named Tag? Tack? Tag? Tag? Tack? Tack. Tad? Tack. I heard Tad the like first time. Because <laughs> he's a cobbler, so I assume it's like a cobbler thing. Right. Okay, that okay. He's that makes sense. Oh, like, I just put that tack. together. That's really good. That makes sense. Um, all right, so Tack. <laughs> All the meanwhile is defeating a genie? Uh, a blue a wizard. Blue, <laughs> blue wizard. Blue, a blue wizard. wizard, I think it is. Don't sue me, Disney. It's, it's not a genie. <laughs> well, like, the first time we see him, it's... That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> first time we see Tack is him and what we later learn is a princess. Princess Jasmine. Princess Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Not Princess Essentially. Jasmine. Was, no, no, but, but sort of. Yeah. And an old woman in a black cloak with weird glasses on. Giggling. Forgot she was we in this movie. Forgot. Me too. We all forgot about her. We did not mention her in our pitches. I don't. She's not mentioned once in my pitch. Can we just all agree that she's not she, in our pitches? She's no, not anywhere. Okay, cool. She just appeared in the yeah. last five minutes for no reason. Um, and so Tech sewed up the blue wizard's cloak. Yeah, they're fighting mm-hmm. in a bunch of smoke and then Tack yep, sews like up red his... red smoke everywhere. Right. And, and then... Assuming everything's on fire. Yeah. On this big Rube Goldberg machine. Which we'll yeah. get into the fire later because they actually explain... This is one of the few things they explain. Right. Yeah. Um, and then... <laughs> The blue wizard gets thrown into a pit of crocodiles. Yeah. Well, we only see their eyes and their teeth, but I'm assuming they're crocodiles. I just said they were creatures. In my pitch, they're crocodiles. crocodiles. I, yeah. Um, and he's got this vulture named Fido. Oh, yeah. How did you catch that? That was so weird. He said man's best friend before the vulture ate his face. In his oh, my face gosh. In, in the shadows. Like a very cartoony version of Also not face. in my pitch. This is such a dense five minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, there's so okay. much I forgot about. So, um, I'm so glad I picked this. <laughs> <laughs> great point. It's a great choice. Um, but the thief gets the golden balls. And gets like, launched in the air, in the all air. this Rube Goldberg machine, but then eventually meets up with the Sultan. I, I, I called him the king in mind. Baghdad. King. <laughs> the ruler of Baghdad. Oh, yeah, it's Baghdad, too. They established that. that it's Baghdad. And he's just like, he appears, and the thief is like, I guess I should <laughs> I do, the right, I do the right thing. Oh, wait, I also forget the wizard speaking in rhymes for some reason. Yeah, yeah like, I completely genie, forgot about that. I, I did not notice he was speaking in rhymes. I didn't But yeah, either. so, they meet, they all, the princess, Tack, the old woman, and the thief meet up with the king or the sultan or whatever he is. And, yeah, and this is like the climax of the movie when it, it all comes together, I guess. And the thief is like, I guess I should do the right thing. And he gives, he gives the he golden ha- balls. reluctantly <laughs> gives the golden balls to the king. Yes. And then it's like a big celebration. The mach- the machine that we were talking about oh, yeah. the- burns to the ground and explodes in a huge fire. <laughs> While the say, wizard goes, my, my machine. machine. That's so bad. But they call him they call him One Eye. One Eye and his army. I don't remember what his name is. I don't think he's One Eye because he has two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I. 
But they say one eye. But they right? say one eye. I do. Okay. Yeah, I, maybe I'm it's some sort of like weird name that like we're just not hearing right. Like maybe that's part of the movie. It's like why is he one eye? Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that. But um, he used but, the golden balls to obtain his other eye. <laughs> we'll get into that in our pitch. <laughs> but uh, so Tack is being uh, honored for mm-hmm. returning the golden balls and defeating the wizard by the king. And the king's like, how can I ever repay you? And then the princess whispers something in his ear, and then it cuts to Tack and the princess's wedding. I right? guess that's repayment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming, like, I'm assuming the princess is his daughter. Could not be. Yeah, it could just <laughs> just. <laughs> <such> <laughs> <a> <laughs> hey, let me marry this this Tack guy. That'll be a repayment. <laughs> He's like, cool. I don't have to pay anything. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> Uh, they get married while Tack, who I believe is Matthew Broderick, I think he's definitely, I, yeah. Matthew, definitely Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick and Jeff Goldblum are the thief and the cobbler. <laughs> Absolutely. But so it's he's Tack is narrating. He says, like, it, next time you look up into the stars. Oh, yeah. When you wish upon a star, star be glad of who you are. So, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a rhyme. Yourself. That's some rhyme. <laughs> or some, and it makes no some very sense. Disney. I'm assuming this isn't Disney, but it's a very Disney ending with, like, a big wedding. And yeah. And he says, like, oh, and then I became Prince Tack, the first Arabian knight. Because maybe Tack is Arabian? Which, is that the alternate title for this movie? Yeah. Arabian Which, Night? I feel like this went through many different cuts. Or is it called... Because <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the video that we watched was called Arabian Night, parentheses, the thief and the cobbler. Yeah. Which points to it being a direct ripoff of Aladdin. But <laughs> it I, is I a direct it, ripoff It might be like a second ripoff because these things are not adding up. Mm. Um, it makes no coherent sense. Um, and then uh, while the wedding's going on, the thief... Tries to steal some. Tries to steal the golden balls, but he fails. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then it time jumps, and like the the thief is now the head of security. Yeah, and then he says, and the king let him steal one more thing, and he steals the, the end credits. He, he steals the he end, like the, the words, words the end, end. Goes, and then the film. And then the in film a very Jeff Goldblum fashion, he goes, "Oh, I'll take this and take that. Oh, I'll keep that for later." <laughs> and it, <laughs> oh yeah, oh well. <laughs> I'll wait till the reviews come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. And then he steals good. the movie. Like, he grabs the film in the projector and steals the movie. Yep. And so that's, that's the last five minutes. <laughs> that was, that's just, you picked a movie. You certainly picked a movie. This is such Thank a great you. pick. This you know, I the love this movie because it's, time. you know, it's a movie. It certainly is a movie. It certainly is a movie. It's my favorite thing about a movie is that it feels like a movie. It feels like a movie. <laughs> Real, go to the theater. Okay. (laughs) First pitch of the night. Oh, yeah. We'll just roll into the pitch. Hi. (laughs) It's me, Ben. I'm going to give the first pitch of what I believe the, I guess, the first, second, and third acts of this movie are. Oh, my gosh. Because we only saw the last five minutes. Um, But, yeah, I'm just going to run through my pitch, and then we'll have some time for questions or revisions uh at the end of it um most likely revisions but we'll get into that in just a second um so yeah bear with me as i set the stage i'm so excited okay (laughs) old iraq we're in old old iraq long time ago i don't really know when let's just say it's early january of 1258 in the common era (laughs) let's just say it's we we start with this blue wizard guy he's up to no good being a wizard 
Uh, he looks like the Ice King from Adventure Time mixed with the genie from Aladdin. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. He's got this pit of hungry creatures and a big vulture named Fido. He cares for them like they're his kids, but they don't really care for him that way. They're just hungry all the time. Um, they're just hungry. They just want to eat. Um, but yeah, there's this ancient prophecy about the lost golden balls of Baghdad and that whoever wields them has the power over Iraq or something. And the prophecy says that there will be someone of meager status to retrieve the balls and bring Iraq back to its height of power. Hard cut to Matthew Broderick, up to no good, selling shoes. He's at the palace selling shoes to the <laughs> king and the princess. <laughs> uh, but they don't want any of his shoes because he's of meager status. So he's bummed out because his business sucks. Um, also, he's, a, he's an orphan. Uh, or his mother was a virgin. That's up to you. Um, <laughs> Those to, are your two options. <laughs> your two options. He's probably a Christ figure. Um, but cut to uh, a grimy and sleazy thief who sounds a lot like Jeff Goldblum on Adderall. He's up to no good thieving. He tries to steal a crown from the Baghdad palace. I don't know if they have crowns in Iraq. Never been there. I've done no research. Um, but yeah, he, he tries to steal the crown. But instead, on accident, he steals Princess Yum Yum of Baghdad. How did he accidentally steal the princess yeah. of Baghdad? I don't know. <laughs> it's an animated movie. He goes, I've done he no steals research. The thief. He steals the crown and accidentally steal steals he, a woman. He accidentally steals What was her name? Princess. princess Yum Yum? Yum Yum. Nice. Is um, that her actual name in the movie? Or did you make yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. Wait. I didn't get anyone's names. I, it is what I wrote down on the first pass. It might not be true at all. I got So all of this is just from my notes. And Jeff Goldblum. Mm -hmm. That's all Jeff I got. Jeff Goldblum yeah. and Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Um, and so on, let's see, yeah, on his way out of the palace, uh, he hears about these golden balls of Baghdad and how they're very valuable. So he starts obsessing over them and wants to go find them. Uh, suddenly he bumps into Matthew Broderick and they're chased by the royal guards because they're the prime suspects, uh, because the princess is missing. They got to find who stole the princess. Um, but yeah, I probably should have mentioned, I'm imagining he's got the princess like in a canvas sack on his shoulder and he's just running through the town, hobbling along, um, like in Emperor's New Groove. He's, yeah, he's been carrying her this whole time, just like... Doing um, his own theme music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Kronk. Uh, but yeah, anyway, they get out of Baghdad, and Matthew Broderick's like, what the heck? And the thief is like, I gotta find these golden balls. And the princess is like, I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a peasant woman without other responsibilities and financial stability and all that. Um, and so the thief is like, uh, you're princess of financial Jasmine. stability. <laughs> And so the thief is like, if you guys help me find these golden balls, maybe we should, uh, we could get rich, clear our names or something, and then Baghdad can be powerful again. And the other two are like, okay, so they go and do that. Meanwhile, the blue wizard guy from the beginning, uh, he's also trying to find the golden balls, uh, but it's not working out too well for him. Um, yeah, the trio find some instructions along the way on where to get the golden balls, and so they head to this big palace where the prophecy says they are. Um, but on their way, they encounter a big rope bridge, over a raging crocodile-infested river. They go to cross it, but the blue wizard's there, so Matthew Broderick uses his cobbling tools to cut the rope bridge, sending the wizard down into the crocodiles. Um, but so the trio get to the palace, uh, and there they believe the golden balls are, um, and they're greeted with this huge banquet, so they feast and then stay there that night. Uh, Matthew Broderick is attacked later at night by an assassin, but fortunately um, he used his wit and his cobbling tools to evade the assassin, and discover a series of underground tunnels um, hidden beneath the palace. Uh, so he takes the thief and the princess down there, where they find a bunch of people worshipping an ancient deity. 
Uh, Matthew Broderick finds the three golden balls there, but when the thief steps in to try and steal them, they're prevented and captured by the blue wizard and his creatures. Uh, the wizard casts a spell over Broderick that makes him mindlessly serve the ancient deity ritual. The princess is put up as a sacrifice, and the thief is told to work in the tunnel mines as a slave. <laughs> Cunningly, the thief escapes and apologetically frees Matthew Broderick from his trance. Matthew Broderick then can save the princess um, from the ritual, and in this long, drawn-out action sequence, they try to get the golden balls from the blue wizard. There's a railroad cart chase. They have to evade the worshippers since they stole the golden balls and barely escape the wizard and his creatures, sending the wizard into the dark pit where he's eaten alive by Fido. Uh, they bring the balls back to Baghdad, clear their names, the thief gets pardoned, the princess is returned to the palace but gets to live among the people, probably. The prophecy is fulfilled, Matthew Broderick gets, gets rich, marries the princess, uh, and then the Ilkhanate Mongol forces wipe out the town, there's a lot of bloodshed, and everyone dies because the golden balls were fake. Any questions? Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Damn. That's a that's a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> Wait, did you seriously just do Temple like the of whole Doom? second half of that? Is just, just Indiana Jones. Of Doom. Okay, that's why I was just imagining Temple of Doom. No, yeah, the rope bridge. But it the, works. The sl- like because yeah. on the yeah. first I watch mean... of those five minutes, I was like. This is a lot like the Temple of Doom in that there's like a minecart chase and a lost princess. And like, yeah, it just, it writes itself. Um, in 1258, uh, in the Kaban era, there was a Mongol invasion of Baghdad, the siege of Baghdad. So it's historically so accurate. It's okay. Historically, okay. It's really a history tale about... I, um, I will say we didn't see the siege happen in the last five right. minutes. Right, I imagine that's in the post credit scene, but okay. we never. Oh. We, we didn't watch it. But the thief stole the movie. How can we see it? He. Um, well, that's, that's a, a good question. <laughs> yeah, he's he's proposing if the thief didn't steal the movie, this is that's what, what would have happened. Okay, yes. gotcha. That that's the logical solution. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, August. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm just like I have. I would go see that movie. Like that's all. That's the only note that I have. I would watch it on TV for free. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could watch it right now. I have all the Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> <laughs> Alternatively, we could just watch the movie. No, that's the, true. The, we, we probably will watch the movie. We after will this. probably yeah. actually, after we learn what the actual plot is. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. All right, on to oh, our yeah, second pitch of the night. Yeah. yeah. Lou, Lou, Lou. <laughs> oh god, I'm yeah. scared. Okay. So this one is I didn't split mine up into acts. I just have like a general I didn't split mine up either. Okay, so, sick. so I'm very open to suggestions. In fact, I welcome them. <laughs> um so we're in hell. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so the thief is basically this world's creation of what our Satan would be. Okay, right? So he's like the head. (laughs) head. So it's Jeff Goldblum playing Satan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay, good, good. So he's so sporadic and all. And the cobbler is a distant relative. I'm thinking his nephew, very a la Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And so they're actually working together, and this is a heist movie. <laughs> so the golden balls represent faith, hope, and love. The three like tr- tr- 
truths and love. Oh, the three oh things my God. That, the, that the world needs, right? <clears throat> and so it's in this palace somehow in Baghdad. It just happened to be in that central location. I'm not going to explain that movie logic. Um, and so it's a heist movie, and the blue wizard is an angel trying to protect these things and by saving them first. So it's a race of the clock trying to get these three golden orbs representing faith, hope, and love. And so, um, the, and the king is God in this scenario. So the thief and the cobbler are actually working together to, uh, to obtain these, but the thief gets caught in the under trappings of the underworld, hence the Rube Goldberg machine. And so the cobbler is off fighting the angel in a very Indiana Jones, whatever kind of adventure flick. And the thief is actually doing the dirty work and stealing these orbs. But once he, once he gets to the service and sees how great it is when humanity comes together, he releases faith, hope, and love into the world, but can't stop being evil because that's who he inherently is. And so he steals the movie. Oh, my God. Why was that? Deep, that's man. so touching. That's just Deep, a bro. bro. <laughs> um, absolute. So little details and stuff there. Obviously, the blue wizard gets tied up um, and thrown into the crocodile creature pit or whatever because they are in hell and so there's just creature pits everywhere i think that is one of the circles of hell it's just like a pit of crocodiles yeah, yeah, the 10th um, level of hell creature yeah. yeah they're yeah. crocodiles <laughs> <laughs> um i had no clue the old woman is somebody oh and the princess sorry i'm like remembering so this is very kind of on the fly the princess is like um the, the descendant of the king and what like represents the good in humanity and tack marries her at the end like seeing that his uncle the thief devil is obscuring <laughs> his mind and he should go back to being a cobbler so wait is tack the cobbler is he a human or is he a demon maybe both okay he's like a half he's like human a half, yeah, half, one blood. Of those half, half blood half blood oh yeah we all know those guys yeah um and so, so yeah, mine was just more of a log line, and no, but that's amazing. I love it. That's that's just an incredible. What what can we contribute? I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah, golden balls as faith, hope, and love, and releasing them into the world. Because at the end, he's like, "I guess I should do the right thing," and he gives them over to the king. It feels like a beautiful myth. Like like one of those ancient Greek stories. I I've also just had Narnia on my brain recently, yeah. and I don't know why. But I see that. <laughs> um, that but this is I, I don't think this is the actual plot of the movie. I want to be very clear about that. But that's the movie no, I, I want to see. It's like it's probably better than the yeah. actual movie. <laughs> like I would see that movie. Like that. Movie. I would, I would definitely I would go too. see. That's sick. Thanks yeah. guys. That sounds awesome. Thanks guys. Being Satan cobbler, being Satan's nephew. Like a two and a half yeah. hour like Spielberg epic. epic. Like just something <laughs> beautiful to watch. So mine was not as detail oriented as Ben's. Mm -hmm. No, I think it hit all the marks. I loved it so much. Cool, thanks, guys. That any, was great. Any notes? Uh, I can't. No, man. it was very, it was very loose. I can't very say cool. anything. Is that the I plot of the movie? I can't say anything. You get it right. <laughs> still developing. Shut up. Like, I think you can, you can provide, you can add additions to like Luke's pitch, like all of our pitches, as long as it doesn't. Think of it like that's a separate movie from the one you're right. about to tell us about. Yeah, like, yeah. How would no, make that I, and I think that's I think the fun of what we're doing editions. here is like, yeah, we're trying to guess the plot of the movie, but also like make the movie you want to see. Let's you make know? a right. fun story. Yeah. Yeah. So 
All right. That's mine. Thanks, guys. I loved it. Wonderful. Well, I On loved it. to pitch number three. Look, if you could add some applause in here. By Mr. August himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> buckle up. Mine's a little bit longer. All right. So, <clears throat> growing up, all Tack wanted was to go to Dartmouth, become a stockbroker, and get rich. <laughs> but his father, a simple cobbler played by Dustin Hoffman, told him that he was. <laughs> Told him that he shouldn't be living for money. In fact, his father would beat him with a wad of hundred dollar bills in hopes oh. that Tack would associate money with pain. Dude. The only happiness Tack could find in childhood was the weekends he spent with his uncle, the wizard. The wizard would show Tack the great joys of life while also showing Tack about his ultimate dream. The wizard wanted to make an infinite energy machine that he would use to distribute infinite free power to the whole world. The only reason the wizard couldn't build such a machine was because he couldn't gain enough investors to get it built. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh. Once he grew up, Tack became a cobbler like his father. He reserved himself to a life of unsatisfying simplicity. But at, but at his core, all Tack really wanted was money and the power that came along with money. One day, Tack got a great idea. The king had been actively looking for a husband for his daughter for months, but she was one of those super annoying princesses who only wanted to marry a man she loved and not, one of the, and not an heir to another massive empire. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so Tack hatched a plan to trick the princess into loving him. Tack spent weeks following the princess, plotting her daily movements through the city. One day, Tack hired a heroin addict who had lost his... <laughs> The heroin addict who had lost his house and family in the recession, so he resorted to drugs to cope with his crumbling world. My God. So Tack hired him to mug the princess at noon when she usually sent her guards away to take a leisurely stroll through a dark alley. While the heroin addict had a knife to the princess's throat, Tack came to her rescue, bashing the heroin addicts over the head with a brick, accidentally oh. killing the man. The princess wow. thanked Tack and introduced him to the king, but it was clear she had not fallen in love with him yet. Mm. Now, now is the time when I should really explain. Uh, this kingdom is in the middle of a huge recession and desperately needs money, oh which is why goodness. the king had been so active in trying to find a husband for his daughter, okay. especially one from a neighboring kingdom who could help support Baghdad and pull them out of poverty. <laughs> so the princess is kind of a selfish jerk by not marrying someone else. <laughs> Think of your kingdom. Go. <laughs> um, but okay, so it was clear the princess hadn't fallen in love with Tack yet. So while Tack had the pre had the presence of the king, Tack made up an ancient prophecy of three golden balls that, once found and brought together, would bestow upon any kingdom untold wealth, a massive army, and a steady rise in unemployment rates. <laughs> <laughs> Merca. The steady rise in employment rates. So Tack Tack said he knew he, he Tack said he knew where to find these balls. So the king gave Tack supplies and sent the hero to go find them. So Tack went to his uncle and struck up a deal. If the wizard helped make the golden balls, once Tack was prince, he would fund the wizard's infinite energy machine so the wizard can give free power to the world. But they needed gold to make the balls, and only one person had enough: the king. Tack said they needed to steal it, and in order to steal it, Tack said they needed a thief, someone who could be their fall guy. The wizard didn't know any thieves, Tack didn't either, and Tack said their best bet was to create one. The wizard felt weird about this whole thing. All he wanted to do was help people, not turn, the, not turn them to crime just to get them arrested. Tack said it was okay. It would be one sacrifice in order to save millions of people. So they picked a simple elf farmer, Jeff. 
They took everything from him. His family, his <laughs> land, all of his belongings, and plugged him deep and plunged him deep into poverty to hope, hopefully make him resort to crime. Very oh. a la Job from the Bible. <laughs> but Jeff didn't resort to crime. He actually started to rely on the kindness of others and several government welfare and food stamp programs. So all disguised, Tack and the wizard kidnapped Jeff and locked him in a cell. The only food and clothes he got was what he stole. They also kidnapped another guy, James, who they locked up with Jeff. They spent weeks torturing Jeff, beating him, waterboarding him, making him sleep with crocodiles that were really the wizard's poker buddies. After, <laughs> <laughs> After weeks, when James and Jeff grew close, they tied Jeff and James to chairs across from each other. They forced Jeff to watch as they tortured James. They, and then they slit James's throat as they forced Jeff to watch his only friend bleed out. They finally broke Jeff's spirit, making him give up on human kindness. On the day they finally decided to release Jeff, Tack couldn't be there because he had an orange theory class to teach. <laughs> so the wizard had to do it. <laughs> but as the wizard was walking Jeff as uh, but as the wizard was walking Jeff through this through the facility with a bag on his head, Jeff broke out of the wizard's grip grip because of the wizard's weak forearms. Jeff ripped the bag off his head and saw the wizard's face and the beginnings of the wizard's machine. Then Jeff escaped. Tack and the wizard got into a huge fight. Tech said, how can he mess up a simple task? The wizard said he didn't even want to do any of this. Tech forced him into it. Tech then befriended Jeff separately and manipulated Jeff into stealing the gold from the king. Once he did, Tack gave the gold to the wizard so he could begin making the balls. About a week later, later Jeff was arrested for trying to steal the crown off the king's head. I also don't know oh. if the Baghdad has, has a king or has a crown or not, but it just made sense. In order to get a reduced sentence, Jeff sold the wizard out, claiming that the wizard was building a doomsday device to take over the world. Tack then went to the king and lied to him, saying that he had found all three golden balls where the wizard stole them from him. The king then sent Tack, Jeff, and because of Tack's suggestion, the king sent his own daughter. Once they arrived at the wizard's lair, the wizard had finished making the gold balls, but Tack act, acted as if he didn't know the wizard, treating him less like family and more like some Disney villain. Tack and the princess fought the wizard as Jeff tried to steal the golden balls but got cop. And the complicated infinite energy machine that we think is a Rube Goldberg machine. And then the last five minutes of the movie happened. I'm so glad you went last. <laughs> wow. That I, was... I don't know how long that was. That was in-depth. That was complicated. Yeah. <laughs> so tax a piece of shit. <laughs> Manipulating <Torturous>. everyone. <laughs> he tortured... The poor Jeff. Poor Jeff. Oh, my God. So Jeff's the thief that they right. tortured and brainwashed into becoming a thief. He comes in, like, around the halfway mark. <laughs> he's the first character in the title. But he's, he's halfway through the movie. They pulled an interstellar. Too. You know how Matt Damon, like, isn't in any of the promo for Interstellar, and then he's suddenly there? No, he's that's the what this is. Yeah. yeah. So, so Tack... Tack was poor. His father beat him with... So, wait, hundred dollar like U.S. dollar bill. <laughs> also, Orange Theory. <laughs> I don't think anything in this makes sense. Tack grew up poor, right? Right. Uh -huh. Because his father chose to be poor because his father didn't doesn't value money. Well, because being poor is a choice, right, August? Exactly. What <laughs> <laughs> that bad. So that uh, was a joke for Tack legal reasons. Loved that's money. a joke. <laughs> Tack loved money, so his father beat him with money. To make him associate money with pain, but that obviously didn't work. Any other questions? Uh, so wait, I hate that I can't say because it's accurate. Because <laughs> I just I just said the movie didn't. I? God, that orange theory scene. <laughs> yeah, just the the weak forearms theory. and the. 
It all makes sense. <laughs> oh, and yeah, James. Gonna, gonna, Jay, yeah. Poor James, James came and man. went. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in the movie. <laughs> they kidnapped James just to be something that they could take away from Jeff. Mm. They gave him a friend just so they could kill his friend. Oh, wait, did, so did Tack come up with the, Did you say he came up with the prophecy? Like he made it he up? He made it up on the fly. <laughs> but, he, but he said he knew where to find them. Yeah, he went, hey, there's this, there's this thing where if I find these three golden balls, you guys get money, a big army, and a rise in employment rates, and I know where to find them. Okay, so it was rising in employment rates. Employment rates. That's I said, no, that's I was like, like whoa. whoa. <laughs> so like the whole time, Tack is just trying to manipulate all these people so he can marry the princess and become rich. Yeah. Dude. I, I'm so glad you went last because it's. I feel like it was a weird combo of Ben and I's. Yeah. No, yeah, there <laughs> were like biblical allusions. Did like all of us have religious adventure. like yeah. elements? Yeah. Kind of did. You yeah. kind of did. I mean, the story yeah. of Job. Uh, angels and demons fighting over faith, hope, and love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, religious worship ceremonies and rituals. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All set in, I guess, in the Islamic golden age. <laughs> <laughs> so now I get to pick which of these pitches were the most accurate based on the actual plot of the film and which was also my personal favorite. Um, I think... <laughs> I think the person closest to the actual plot of the film was Ben. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And it, Even though it was Wait, wait. It wasn't Luke's where what? everyone's a demon? No. Damn. <laughs> it starts, it doesn't start in hell. There is no orange theory. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, as for my personal favorite, I gotta say I liked Luke's. Yay! I, I liked, I know it was shorter, but I liked how deep you got with it. Oh, thanks. So I had a lot of time to think today at work. Yeah. <laughs> so because of this, Luke will be taking five points for Ooh. the season, and Ben will be taking ten points. Ooh. No, yeah. And I'll be taking home nothing. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I liked Luke's the best, too. I, I liked yours you, the best. I, both of yours were just like... Yeah, they were all good. Round of applause for, like, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Oh no! This is yeah. I mean, I love Ben's. Ben's great. It just turned into Temple of Doom. But that's what problem with that movie is. A weird mashup of Aladdin and Temple of Doom, but it works. Okay. Question mark. The Temple of Aladdin. (laughs) Are you guys ready to know the actual plot of the movie? Hold on, hold on. The Aladdin of Doom. It's a better name. We can like the Aladdin Aladdin of of Doom. Doom. Okay. Aladdin Jones. Okay. (laughs) Temple of Balls. The Aladdin balls Crusade. <laughs> oh, that's again yeah, no, the Aladdin Crusade. Yeah. I, I need like a t shirt that just says balls TM. <laughs> yeah, balls. In gold, in gold text. Yeah. Faith, hope, and love. <laughs> it says that hashtag. The, yeah, it says it on the back. <laughs> balls TM. Faith, balls hope, and love. TM. Hashtag faith, hope, hope and love. love. When do we get merch for this podcast? Okay. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? You guys ready for the actual yes. plot yes, of the movie? Yes, I'm so excited. Been a week. Okay. I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. This is a quote-unquote unfinished film that was in and out of production for 29 years. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. The film went into full production in 1989, but went severely over budget and, on, like, the schedule. They just got really behind on the schedule, too. Uh, for this reason, the original director was essentially fired from the project and the last 30 right. to 40 minutes, like really the last half 
looks drastically different from the beginning. Oh, uh, no. The quality, the quality and the story is lacking after the first half of the film is done. This is primarily because the director's vision was not done up until that point. Oh, my gosh. This oh. is also... They basically got behind schedule because the animation was so detailed and so... Mm crazy to do that it just took extra time so you basically picked a movie where we couldn't in no way possibly guess the rest of it from the last five sort minutes of. <laughs> okay so something to keep in mind one version was released in 1993 okay the version i showed you was the miramax cut from 1995 which was retitled arabian night okay so there, a are, little, okay. there, are, so, there yeah. are two versions. versions okay um luke was correct on that when did when did aladdin come out See, that, I'm that getting right. to that. Okay. There's a documentary on this film detailing the process of trying to make it, and there's a fan edit called The Recobbled Cut that attempts to... <laughs> <laughs> Release the it, cobbled cut! <laughs> it attempts to capture the original vision. Uh, it's also important to note that Aladdin was released before this film could be released with striking similarities and Jafar was actually created by two alumni that were a part of making this movie. No so, way. So, so this essentially... Movie- What's theorized is that Aladdin was a huge ripoff yeah. of The Thief and the Cobbler. So this, like, oh my god! So this was before Aladdin. Aladdin ripped it off, and then this was released yes. twice. Yes. So and people, and this is seen as the ripoff of Aladdin because a lot of yeah, people are not people aware that this exists. That this exists, or was even in production for so oh long. Oh my god! Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Because the film has been edited so heavily, I'm going to rely on the version you've seen story-wise. Um, the Miramax cut turned the film into a movie musical in line with popular Disney films of the time. It's a musical. It is a musical. <laughs> so it was originally it has, not a musical? It was originally not a musical. The oh Thief had no dialogue. The that Thief makes so much sense. Okay, 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 okay. It's it's the, right, it's and the only, the only time that Tack talked was in the prologue. That was it. So there was actually a lot less dialogue overall. And so, it, it relied more on the slapstick and the physical comedy in the animation. And then when he got fired, they went in and put a bunch of voiceovers and things. It is also not Jeff Goldblum. Oh, <laughs> what? Wait, who is it? Who is this? I believe so his name looking. is Jonathan Winters. I don't know. But it's it is pseudonym. Matthew Broderick. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. it is Matthew Broderick. Okay. Uh, well, you guys, uh, do you want to hear the story? Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, but okay. the, the history of it is just so confusing. <laughs> the history of it is really complex. Can we watch this documentary? I want to watch this. Okay. There's a whole documentary about this movie. This is crazy. Okay, the story begins with a prophecy, an introduction okay. to the golden city of Baghdad ruled by a narcoleptic king. What? I put sound familiar, question mark, because seriously, Disney, hello. Oh. Um, three golden balls sit upon the tallest minaret, should these three golden balls be removed for any reason, the city will fall into quote-unquote destruction and death and can only be saved by quote-unquote the simplest soul with the simplest and smallest of things. Oh my gosh, Ben. Like, that's almost exactly right. what we're talking about. Right, that's why I kind of, yeah. We're talking about a prophecy at the end. Yeah. So yeah. I assumed it's just like the Lego movie or right. yeah. so, the Lord of the Rings. The Simple Man or whatever. Okay. One Eyes, a race of cycloptic monsters, threatened to overtake the city, having killed many soldiers already. So one eyes are oh. a creature. One eyes are not. The, it's not one person. No, but it's they, it's not the wizard dude. Okay. What? Yeah. Wait, so oh, he's not even the big the, villain. In the... He he is, but he uses them to sort of try and yeah. I'll okay. get I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. 
Tack is a timid, quiet shoe cobbler working among the peasants far away from the castle, but he is within the kingdom. The thief attempts to steal items from his house, and Tack chases him into the street. Tack's tacks fall into Zigzag's way, and he's the king's advisor, the wizard dude. Um, the thief escapes. Zigzag steps on the tacks. He sees this as a personal attack and has the guards arrest Tack, escorting him to the castle to face punishment. So Zigzag gets attacked by Tax Tax? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. So Zigzag is the blue wizard, right? Yes. He is the king's advisor? Yes. It's is literally... Why is he good? Like, I, we'll get there. No, that, that's Jafar. No, no, that's Jafar, is. Jafar is, is literally good? a direct ripoff of Zigzag. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. The king's daughter, Princess Yum Yum, you okay. were correct, yeah, you were right. wants to be of use to her father and to the kingdom. She saves Tack from being beheaded after intentionally breaking her shoe Goodness. and saying she needs a cobbler to fix it. <laughs> She's a girl boss. <laughs> Tack and the princess are sort of a love at first sight deal, much to Zigzag's dismay. His plan is to marry the princess and take over the kingdom for himself. Man, I hate I mean, when middle-aged men can't marry teenagers. You know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thief, having followed the guards, spots the golden balls in the distance and climbs into a gutter into the castle in an attempt to steal them. Tack spots the thief who steals the fixed shoe from him. Tack chases him through the palace and gets the shoe back, but he once again runs into Zigzag, who sees the shoe has been fixed and throws Tack into prison. As the king wakes up from a horrible dream about the One-Eyes, the thief steals the golden balls in the distance. Zigzag tries to negotiate Yum Yum's hand in marriage should he return the golden balls to the king. Zigzag's minions, in the meantime, steal the golden balls from the thief. The king refuses the deal, and Zigzag instead gives the balls to the army of One-Eyes. The king sends Tack, the princess, and her disapproving nurse, which is the uh, old lady. Right. Yeah. That we all forgot she, about. She does not like Tack at first, and then she warms up to him at the end. Okay, so that's, okay, that's cool. really her whole thing. Um, with the nurse to the desert with the hopes that she will have an answer as to how to stop the war and protect the kingdom. The thief follows them into the desert, tries to steal a golden idol. It's a whole thing. He fails. Uh, the witch reveals that Tack is the one prophesied to save the kingdom. She gives him a riddle like, attack, attack. It's like a whole thing uh, about using what you have on, on you to your own benefit before destroying her own tower that she abides in. And the group returns to the kingdom. On the way there, they spot the One-Eyes moving war machine headed that way. Tack uses a single tack to take out the entire army as the thief attempts to re-steal the golden balls from inside the war machine. Zigzag falls into a pit of alligators and is eaten alive. So we were close. We, we were close. We were close. Uh, the thief returns the golden balls to the king. Tack marries the princess. Final shot of the film includes the thief having not changed in his ways, stealing the entire film during the credits. That is the actual plot of the film. Oh my god. Goodness. Um, there, in the original cut, there are times where, like, there's subplots where the thief tries to, like, steal an emerald and steal all this other stuff, um, like, evade the guards and stuff. That that was all taken out. So there is stuff, like, there were no musical numbers in the original. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff added. Yeah, pretty much the part where they go into the desert is where they kind of had to come up with their own plot. Sort of, yeah. Although the part inside the war machine, I think, is partially part of the original plan. So there's, it's sort of, it's really weird because there's just bits and pieces of things that were planned and then things that were totally not planned at all. So, yeah, how did they write songs? Yeah, like, like, some some dude just came in and, like, within 18 months put it out. 
It was this baby. Yeah, he pretty much like Phil this Collins this one guy had it for <laughs> years and years and years. And then another dude just they gave it to him and like finish it. So he found ways and I think they finish sent him. they sent the work to different countries too to try and like divide up the work and get it done. Oh. But that's why like so part of it is like Tack looks totally pale and white at the beginning of the film and then his skin is drastically darker by the end of the film. Oh, can't explain, oh. can't explain that one to you. Yeah. He, he got a tan. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I guess, being in the desert. But, like, yeah, that's part of, like, some animation things that look sort of wonky near the end. So, wait, is Tack from... Is is he actually Arabian? Is he Arabian? Yes. Yeah, but that is the plot of the film. That's, that's it in a nutshell. Huh. That... I do want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Just just the animation wow. at the beginning is nuts. Like, it's it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But it is different than, than originally intended. The Academy also went back in and tried to salvage a lot of the original animation as well. Um, I guess they sort of acknowledge, like, it looks beautiful. It just never got done. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. What I a think, wild ride. I think I my know. movie was better. <laughs> <laughs> torture and the, the, like the whole I, there's no torture <laughs> scene where they they take the thieves best friend from him and make him watch and watch him bleed that's out that's what this movie was missing the movie was yeah, missing a on. scene where james bleeds out or james bleeds out like, uh-huh and if that was uh-huh. in the original script they would have put more money towards it and would have finished as intended this would have come out before aladdin before, and yeah, we would be singing these songs. I think of, so. I can look. We up. haven't heard them because we haven't seen the movie. <laughs> there would be a Broadway musical of this movie with Will Smith in it, mm-hmm. not Aladdin, <laughs> whatever crap that was. I'm gonna Goodness look gracious. up like the budget and then how much it actually made because it's a okay. So Scotty. keep in mind, I think they started working on this or had the concept for it in like the late '60s or something. Wow, something like that. Uh, the budget for it says twenty eight million. Box office is six hundred and sixty nine thousand two hundred and seventy six dollars. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't find a Blu ray of it anywhere, probably. <laughs> I want the Criterion copy. <laughs> is there a Criterion of the Cobbler and the Thief? <laughs> Or is it the thief and the cobbler? Is Matthew Broderick's performance is crazy in this yeah. movie. It's so good. <laughs> And Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it's not Jeff Goldblum. It's not Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> this right. guy's performance as Jeff Goldblum is incredible. <laughs> incredible. I, I actually genuinely forgot you told us that it wasn't it Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it wasn't. I was still imagining it being Jeff Goldblum. I love that you named his character Jeff. <laughs> I think I think Vincent Price played Zigzag. If you guys Whoa. know who he is, yeah. yeah. So oh, he was snap. Zigzag. Vincent Price, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that King the Pendulum? Or maybe he was the king. I thought it was Zigzag. Vincent. Vincent Price. Yeah, it's Vincent Price. Yeah. Oh, he's the dude from the original Fly. So I was right. He's the dude from the original Fly. Like Jeff Goldblum. This is also a weird fact, but the witch and the nurse are played by Tony Collette. Hey. Whoa. Which is random, but I didn't even know that until we did this podcast, and I was like, that's Tony Collette's name. What the heck is she doing in here? But yeah, that's Tony Collette. What the heck is everyone doing this movie? The witch and the nurse, were they the same person or two different people? I don't think so. There was a witch in there? There is a witch in the film. Because there's the witch that they see in the desert. Yes. And the nurse is somebody different? 
Yes. Both the disapproving yes, nerves. Apparently. Okay. Apparently. Wow. Yeah, we just gotta watch it. Yeah, I think yeah, we got. I think we gotta watch it. Yeah. Well, thank you for showing us this movie. What You're a pick! What You're a welcome. pick! Thank you. Thank you. Picture. All right. Um, All right. So uh, I think that's it for the first episode. Well. I mean, yeah. End. Next popcorn. week. Uh, next week it'll be Ben. He'll mm-hmm. be hosting us. Next week we will be providing pitches for the movie R one hundred. Yeah, yeah, the last five minutes of that movie. The last five minutes of that movie. We're going to watch it tonight and then spend the week coming up with our yeah. pitches. Um, what is it available on? It's available on Tubi and Hulu. So if you don't have Hulu, it's for free on Tubi. Sweet. Tubi All right. or not Tubi. All righty. Thank you for listening to Nuclear Popcorn. I'm Hannah. I'm Ben. I'm Luke. <laughs> I'm August. Um, and we'd also like to thank a few people. Thank you to our friend Aaron for recording that wonderful, sultry intro. He's got a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. voice. Sultry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anyone else to thank. I shouldn't have said a few people. Do you want me to do, do the thank yous? Do you want me to redo it just I, in case? I don't know who else to thank. Just Aaron and... The U.S. Copyright Office. <laughs> I know what? I'd like to thank Ben. I'd like to thank Ben. Thank you, Ben. I'd also like to thank Ben. I'm not going to thank him for anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to thank the thief and the cobbler. uh, Jeff. And Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Everyone who made this episode possible. Thank you to Jeff Goldblum for not being in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should leave all this in. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, (laughs) What what was the shirt we wanted to make that said, oh, yeah. uh, Balls. 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 Hashtag hashtag faith, hope, hope, and love. love. We'll make it happen. In gold text. Tank tops. Um, Gold, gold balloons. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Nuclear Popcorn.